Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we've got ourselves a Ravens preview. The Giants on the verge of going five and one. We got Ken McCusick of Film Study Ravens coming on. Great guest. We had him on when the Giants hired Wink Martindale. Um, and then we'll have Danny King on for segments later. Justin, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm at a point with the Giants where I never go into a game, uh, you know, thinking that we're going to lose. I never did before, but now I'm like, it's like reasonable in my head. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how this Packers game changed the season. I'm gonna say something to start this show that I said at the end of our Sunday recap show. I'm wearing our Talking Giants tailgate crew shirts right now. If you have the means, and if you are in the tri-state area, show up to MetLife on Sunday. Wink Revenge game needs us. I'm going. I'm being loud. I'm pumped up. This is the biggest game that we've had at home since. I will say this, since 2019, where we were 2-2, two and two, and we played the Minnesota Vikings, also a team that wears purple. But really, it's like the biggest game that we've had since like 2016. So show up, be loud, get ready, let's roll. I'm very excited for it. I got six revenge game tweets in the drafts for tomorrow. Wow. Um, even on the other side, there's some guys that are looking to get revenge against the Giants. Kevin Zeitler, AJ Klein. Um, AJ Klein. Remember, we signed him to the practice squad for two days last week, and then he signed to the Ravens 53-man oh, yeah, roster. That's right. Is there even a picture of him in a giant uniform? I wish there was. I don't think there is. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. First, this episode was brought to you by some special people, and I haven't pulled up their names yet. By the way, we hit 500 of these people. We got Marco Schaefer. How about that, Marco? We got Julian Margulis, my favorite Julian in the world, and then Gary Miller. Gar- Gary. Gary. By the way, remember Jersey Will? You're like, is that guy from Jersey? Trying to be sarcastic. He's actually not from Jersey. He's from the same county that I live in. Wow. Like you, is he from Jersey? Like from I'm, originally? I didn't ask that, but he lives down here now. So smart wow. man. S- smart, smart man. All these wonderful people. 500 of you. Over 500 of you. Pa- went to patreon.com slash talk giants. Two hours a month. You know the perks, but most importantly... You get to hang out with us and watch the shows live and celebrate victories early with us because we never lose. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Bobby, let's talk about how we're going to beat the Ravens. Well, it all starts and finishes with Lamar Jackson. He's completing 63.8% of his passes this year, 213 yards per game in the air, 7.2 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions in the air. And then 49 carries, 374 yards. Like he's averaging 73 yards per game just on the ground alone, which he's like, he's the number nine rusher in the NFL right now, which is a pretty 
wild number through five games like where we've got a good we're a third of the way through the season essentially and he's the number nine rusher in the nfl and that run game is it's exotic but to me i don't think it's as crazy as it's made out to be i think it's just you kind of have to be focused to it because i think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors to it because at the end of the day it is a pin and pull like run game which is some of the stuff that the giants do with the read option but lamar jackson unlike other qbs is the guy who is holding it to go through the hole in the middle where every other QB, you know, NFL team that runs a read option, the QB is the guy on the edge, the running backs, you know, the guy who goes up through the main hole. That's different. But, but what makes it so good is Lamar Jackson holds on to that ball at that mesh point. So, so for so long that it really stresses defenses, but I do think it's, it's, it's been, it's able to be stopped to a point. Like I think if you play good sound football, you stack the box and you just play your keys. I, I do think it's has. I do think there's some ability to stop it. And their running backs haven't been able to get yards this year. No, and the run, the one running back that's averaged over four yards per carry is Justice Hill, who's gotten less than twenty carries, but still, you know, Baltimore does like to split up their backfield by committee. Justice Hill's on the injury report, and I don't think he's going to play. So that's that's kind of big. It's kind of huge. But talking about Lamar. There isn't a player in the NFL that I root for more that isn't on the Giants. Like, I love Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a shame that this is going to be the first time that I'm going to be actively, like, rooting against him this Sunday. So, it, it, it's and it's also a shame, too, Bobby, that he plays in the AFC, and I think he is totally overshadowed by Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, those two guys are just on, on another level. But imagine if Lamar Jackson played for, like, an NFC team. I mean, this is this is all that we would talk about, just Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson every single week, every single week. But because he's played Josh Allen already and he's lost to Josh Allen, and then also his team isn't that very good. Like, I don't think the you know, we talk about the Ravens' skill position players, their O-line I think is okay, I think it's decent, but that defense is bad, we'll talk about it. Lamar's just very overshadowed by a lot of other things happening around him, but he is very, very very good and definitely the best quarterback the Giants have played so far this year. And this even includes Aaron Rodgers in this. Oh, yeah, that definitely, definitely, because Rodgers is not playing at his MVP level this year. Um, and just think about all the issues that Justin Fields gave the Giants as far as being able to escape the pocket. Well, Lamar Jackson can do that and then creates it to throw the ball. Um, to finish up on what their run game kind of offers, though, what they do a lot and I think we talked about this on the interview with Ken McCusick, but it's very noticeable when you watch it, is they will bring a jet sweep in. You know, they'll, a lot of times it's Devin Duvernay. They'll jet sweep him, and they'll they'll pitch that every once in a while. Like, I think, like, four or five of Devin Duvernay's uh, 17 catches are that. But to me, I would kind of ignore that if you're in the box, and the Giants will stack the box. A lot of teams don't stack the box any as much as the Giants will. Um, so you stack that box with them. Kind of just like let the DBs let if that stack safety kind of handle that. Now you have to you know stay on your keys because you're they're going to run play action off of it. And you we're going to be in man coverage a lot, and I'll talk about uh, how we handle Mark Andrews. But edge players spill the guards, spill the guards, and then linebackers flow quickly. You've got to be aggressive versus this because if you sit there and process for you know a second too late that's how Lamar Jackson gashes you and gets those you know those 70 yard runs that they have gotten this year so I don't think it's 
it's I, I just think there's a lot of smoke and mirror to their run games at this point now that we've seen so many years of Greg Roman um, and what Lamar Jackson does. Now, they execute it very well, but I think when you play a stack box with this type of defense that Wink Martindale does, I think there is a, a path to some success there this week. Yeah, and they are very good on early downs, even though Greg Roman's scheme has been going on for a while. Lamar has been able to evolve in Greg Roman's scheme, which has been the biggest key in all of this, that Lamar Jackson has continued to get better and better every single year, not just in his ability to run the ball, but also his ability to throw the ball and mix and match the two. Um, but they're still good on early downs, even despite having some running backs that aren't efficient. I mean, it, this offense is going to ride or die with the success of Lamar Jackson. And as far as their passing game, on just a basic level, it's very much like, all right, we're going to throw some quick game, like, you know, stick, slants, or they're like, all right, we're sending three guys deep and we're putting, we're trying to put a defender in conflict. But this is where they're, their passing game is the most deadly. Lamar scrambling. That's really what it is. That's where a lot of Mark Andrews um, production comes from, who's having you know an amazing season again. You know He's had like three games of eight-plus catches. Uh, Lamar Jackson being able to escape uh, you know the pocket with his legs, and he, he just buys time, and then he's got the arm to hit guys. You know, he's got pr- you know pretty damn good accuracy, and he's really improved on that throughout his career. And that's where a lot of the plays come to, especially Mark Andrews, but they really, really make like their passing game their biggest chunk plays out of Lamar Jackson scrambling. Yeah. How would you go about limiting Mark Andrews? Because he's really the only legitimate pass-catching threat that the Ravens have on offense, but it just seems to work every single week. I would just put Xavier McKinney on him in man coverage all day. Like, I think we're going to play man coverage. You know, their wide receiver group is – Rashad Bateman's probably not going to play. So you have Devin du- DuVernay, who has 17 catches. Who are, They're basically either jet sweeps or, you know, 30-yard passes downfield. And then Demarcus Robinson, who has six catches. Like, it's how do you start Mark Andrews? So I think you put your best player on him. Now, some teams have put on their best corner, but I don't know if I want Adore Jackson necessarily – Moving inside with Mark Andrews, and they do. No, it's not like you know, remember what James Bradbury did to Travis Kelsey last yeah, year. If we had Bradbury here, thing. I would, yeah. I would be like Pitt Bradbury. But I really think you, you put Xavier McKinney on him in man coverage. Like we're going to play man coverage, um, and I think that's a way to go about it. Um, and they did have some struggles last year against cover zero looks. Well, guess what? We do those cover zero looks. So I think we saw more. Co- we, you know, wink throughout the whole season has shown those cover zero everybody on the line of scrimmage looks but very rarely ran it he ran more cover zero this past week versus the Packers than he did all the four weeks combined which playing a good QB so like forcing him to make decisions because you're not going to confuse him with those looks I think with Lamar similar like in a similar way we're going to have to try and do some of those things and a key is going to be tackling like you got it like if you yeah. if you get a chance to tackle Lamar you can't let him break you because that is literally the difference of seven points and zero points on a drive. That's the difference between, you know, them punting the ball or, you know, Lamar extending a drive and they score seven points. Like, that really is the biggest key. And I don't think the way to do that is to sit back and contain. That's the way the Giants did it in 2020. I think you just got to attack them. Like, you, you really do have to attack them. Well, do you remember what we did against Baker, week two against Carolina, where you would have a blitz that would be sent on one side, but then you would have 
let's just use O'Shane Zimenez as, as an example, since this did happen with O'Shane a couple times. Then you had O'Shane Zimenez on the other side, not necessarily rushing the passer, but kind of waiting for Baker to break containment. And then once Baker would break containment to the opposite side of which the Giants were blitzing, then O'Shane would go after the quarterback. I hope and think that that would maybe be in line for this week, where if the Giants are going to blitz heavy to one side and, you know, it's, it's going to be a matchup numbers game, one guy is going to eventually get through, Lamar, Lamar breaks containment, you have a Giants defender that's chasing Lamar, and then he has a decision. Make that guy miss, throw the ball away, make an awesome, spectacular throw, or take a sack, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think there'll be some of that, but I think unlike when we played Baker Mayfield, there's just going to be times where we just send everybody. You know, where we truly do run cover zero, where it's like, hey, we got man coverage on the back end. We trust our guys against their guys, and we're sending everybody. That's so scary. You, you either <laughs> gonna get this ball out quick, or you're gonna have to make some crazy play. Like you got, you're gonna have to make, you have to make a guy miss, or this is a horrible play for you. Um, like you said, it's it is scary, but that's what playing a quarterback like Lamar Jackson is. Uh, like it's it's scary because it's there's really no good answers on stopping him unless you just have great personnel all across your defense and the Giants are not in that situation so but I would put Xavier McKinney on Mark Andrews like you did that with Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey has been good in man coverage Belton has actually looked pretty good in man coverage on tight ends a little bit um too so I'm not afraid to do that but I I think it just the I think the the uh, the approach to Mark Andrews is putting him on in man coverage because if he's in zone and Lamar Jackson scrambles, that's when they're at their best, finding those holes when the play breaks down. But you mentioned the, the personnel, the defense personnel. I mean, hopefully it gets a little bit better. Um, I don't know about Aziz. At least this is what I'm going off of what Dan Duggan is saying. I don't know about Aziz, but Leonard Williams should be back. Adoree should be good to go. Uh, uh, Holmes should be – Darnay Holmes should be good to go. So we, we should have some guys back. Um, Leonard Williams is obviously the big one. We talked about that in the mailback podcast. I don't, I don't know if we'll get a Z's back, but, um, yeah, we, I think we, I value Leonard Williams right now more so in the run game than, than the air because they've had to ask Dex to do so much. And again, we're playing the Ravens this week. So we need guys to really win their matchups and, and screw up their run game. Uh, any, anything else on, on their offense? No. And you want to talk about somebody who's still suffering from rookie year bias? Because we've said that how Daniel Jones is still suffering from rookie year bias. I give you Lamar Jackson. Like, there's probably some people that are listening to this show saying, Justin and Bobby, you two are idiots. Lamar Jackson's a running back, blah, blah, blah. Like, he I is think still- there's not as many people out there as you think there are. I, I, but I think Lamar still is suffering from rookie year bias, like 100%. I think Lamar suffers from, he's a former MVP but he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And NFL fans love to just be like, if you're not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you suck. Like, I don't want you. Because he's still, like, really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, like you can't you can't hold every quarterback. Like, there has to be some type of middle ground as quarterback conversation. I would kill Danny King to have Lamar Jackson. I would kill Danny King. Um, Regardless. To kill, to kill Danny King. Yeah. All right. Um. By the way, our last preview pod got flagged. Like, we couldn't have certain type of ads. I don't know what we said. Um, I was trying to think of what we said, too, and I... It may have been a murder Danny King comment, which we just did that again. Well, die, Danny. All right, our our offense versus their defense. Uh, They are giving up the fifth most yards in the NFL, but they're ranked 17th in points. You know, so they're, they're not horrible as far as, like, giving up points per game. 
But the stat that jumps out the most is you. They're giving up the most passing yards per game at 290.2. Um, and even then, like they're they're they have the, they're giving up the like they're 12th in rushing total, but they're giving up five yards uh, per carry, which is the sixth worst in the NFL. Yep. So they had teams playing from behind, and and so they throw and they played some more pass happy offenses. So I know we're all looking at the the passing yards per game they give up, and so am I. Like we need to throw the ball in this game. But I want to be the first team that attacks this Ravens defense with a high-volume run attack because I think it is very vulnerable to the run right now. Like, they play with light box. Like, it's totally – it's the exact opposite of what Wink Martindale does. They play with two high safeties, and they play deep and light boxes, like, almost exclusively. Well, you know Harbaugh is all about, you know, the analytics and the, the trends of the league and, you know, bringing in Mike McDonald from Michigan – he went the total polar opposite of Wink Martindale, playing too high. Uh, the average depth of target that I know you have a stat on this too, but the the Ravens' average depth of target in terms of their defense is one of the lowest in the NFL right now. Yeah, third lowest. But they should be susceptible to being run on. Uh, but I still do want to see a mix of pass and run, maybe a little bit more slanted towards the pass on first down. Because I agree. I'm not I'm not expecting the Giants when they throw the ball on first down. I'm not expecting them to get a first down every single time that they throw the ball because the Ravens, because they play too high, that system is going to be centered around. We don't want to give up a 15, 20 plus yard play. So keep everything behind the sticks, which this Giants offense has kept everything behind the sticks anyway. Like Daniel Jones's average intended air yards this year. It's like Garrett levels of low, but that's not necessarily a bad thing when you have a running game, when you have more yards after the catch, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope this Giants offense does – I agree with you. I hope they attack kind of on the ground, but they attack it on the ground in a responsible way. Yeah, and that's why I have a note here saying throw on first down, but gash them after that because yeah. they play in that too high, so it allows those you know those quick passes. So get some quick game going on first down. And then second down is when you can get into your, your under center play action and get those chunk plays. So the Packers were the first like true too high team the Giants faced this year. And you saw all those crossing routes and those should be there, uh, versus the Ravens. So I want to run those, obviously, like have those crossing routes, but they're also Marcus Williams is out essentially probably for the year. And he was. He was their best player on defense this season so far. He had three interceptions, five pass deflections. I watched him. He was flying around the field. He was putting guys in play. Like, and like he was, he was like the quarterback of the defense. He was playing really well and he's out. That's a huge loss to them, even though they do have some decent safety depth. Uh, uh, Kyle Hamilton, when I watched him, he looked a little lost. And then Ken McCusick kind of confirmed that on the interview. But so you run those play action crossers. And guess what? Those safeties are going to eventually want to bite up and stop those. So bait them with those crossers and let's get some deep shots. Like I want to see some deep balls, uh, eventually from this Giants offense. And when you have Darius Slayton, Marcus Johnson's got a little bit of speed. I think you, I think you can do that. But yeah, I, I will, but I still want to hit them with a high volume running attack, but not like a Chicago Bears type game plan. Yeah. And for one of the first times this year, I feel like we haven't seen this often, but Saquon, Bar Saquon Barkley was flanked out as a receiver. And when he caught that 40-yard pass, 40-yard crosser against Green Bay. Let's see that a little bit yeah. more, too. If, if you feel if you feel like you can't throw the ball downfield because you don't have the personnel and you don't have the wide receivers to do it, Saquon Barkley, I feel like, can do it. And I don't really think a corner is necessarily going to follow Saquon Barkley if he flanks out. It's going to be a safety. It's going to be a linebacker. It's going to be somebody unconventional. So 
throw it to them. And their linebackers and are really bad in coverage too. Yes. Their linebackers are really bad in coverage, put those guys in conflict. Like this is a defense where like Daniel Jones has had three good games in a row. Um, like let's make it four. Cause I think this is a defense where that is totally capable of. And their pass rush is not anything to be feared either. You know, like last week, you know, you had Kenny Clark, uh, Rashawn Gary, this week you have Adolfe Owe and JPP, who JPP can still do some things, but he's not somebody that scares you. Yeah. Owe is not really doing much. Uh, and then Justin the rest- Houston has been hurt the last couple of games, and he did not practice on Thursday either. So yeah, and that's the guy that worries me the most because he just—I know he's an old man now, but he has like that old—he has that speed and just that finesse yep. to to embarrass a guy like Evan Neal. Calais Campbell up the middle isn't what he used to be either. Uh, they yeah, have but good... I, he's the one who worries me the most out of anybody on their front is Calais Campbell. They have a good defensive tackle, uh, Justin with a complicated last name. Um, he leads the team in tackle for loss. Let me try to let me see if Pro Football. They also have your boy, Justin Madubuke. Stephen, it's probably Embatike uh, or something like that. There you go. Um, um, they have my my boy. Who's my boy? hint he was in your mock draft hint he was in my mock draft he's probably not playing that much travis jones yukon oh travis jones yeah probably not playing that much i don't even know if he has a tackle for loss yet this year no he does not tough so so basically basically that's it with with like marcus williams being out is like that's like a that's a that's a bigger deal than I think people realize, and again, they were already giving up 290 passing yards per game, and then I think they lose their best player in their secondary. Like I know their corners, like you think the you, you see the names of Marcus Peters and um and Marlon Humphrey, but they're not playing well this year. So this defense is very much has the ability to be attacked. Then let's anything attack. else. Then let's attack. All right, we're gonna kick it to Ken McCusick of Film Study Ravens, who does a great, great job. First, today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. I have I used it this week. I bought my tickets to the Giants-Jaguars games, which were more expensive than I thought, but that's just the price of the New York Giants being good. Um, and I asked, Justin, I asked in our, our, our company Slack that's dedicated to talking Giants, I was like, do we get any type of hookup? Since SeatGeek is a presenting sponsor and no one responded. So SeatGeek, if you have your representation reading this ad, hook a brother up. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. I got a 9.4 deal on my tickets. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I wanted to stay in the pool, go in the pool. Don't worry, just kidding. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. And here's Ken McCusick of Film Study Ravens. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. we got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome back onto the show. He came on with us once the Giants hired Wink Martindale. Um, who's been very fun to watch. He's been a, a fan favorite. Ken McCusick, he does film study Ravens, does a lot of great film work, uh, really benefited us in the Wink Martindale hiring. I used him as a cheat sheet to, to give you guys information. Ken, how are you doing going into week six? 
Life's good, Bobby. Uh, always great to talk football with you. Uh, we just we just finished the uh, the Giants Know Your Foe episode, and uh, Bobby gave an exhaustive amount of information that is just absolutely terrific. And, and I think if you're Giants fans, you want to come over and listen to that, uh, jump on filmstudybaltimore.com, and you'll find it there, or look for the Film Study Podcast, Film Study Ravens, if you look for that on, on, uh, on your typical uh, podcast app, you'll find it. Yeah, and I'll definitely tweet it out for, for everyone to listen to. Definitely a good listen. All right, let's get into it. The first question I always ask uh, in these preview pods, what is the bread and butter of this Ravens defense? What coverages are their go-to? Do they like to play from stacked or light boxes? Are they rushing for like what what is the base of the Ravens defense? Well, I mean, they 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 play nickel on an as forced to basis, meaning if the other team plays 11, they'll play nickel. If if they don't, uh, they probably won't. Against the Giants, we talked a little bit about this on your show, is I, I see them playing a lot of base defense against the Giants' 12 personnel. Uh, when they go to 11, they'll bring a slot corner on the field. Uh, this is not an ideal time for the Ravens to play their big nickel because the Giants don't flex their tight ends as much as some other teams do. So not not necessarily the kind of more pure receiving threats that the Ravens have among their tight ends, like Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely uh, being guys, I think we'll see. Uh, so I think we'll see a fair amount of base, but the, the, the defense the Ravens want to get into is dime and they get into dime by getting a big lead and try to sit on it. And so far that's been the Achilles heel of the Baltimore Ravens in 2022 is their inability to convert uh, dime into wins. They blew a, a big lead, of course, a 21 point lead against the Dolphins, a 17 point lead against the Bills. Uh, a lot of that was in dime, nice too high shell. Uh, you have a third, uh, a third uh, in the box as a weak side linebacker, effectively, who should help uh, disguise some coverage weaknesses at inside linebacker that the Ravens have. Uh, but they uh, they have not uh, had the great results with the dime and and kind of had a, a kind of a slow death. You always talk about the prevent defense in past years is is uh, allows a lot of yards um, and has trouble creating turnovers sometimes. But uh, this team likes to put eyes in the backfield. They like to like to uh, try and play zone defense a lot, and and they play uh, very much as predators to to pick off the, uh, the the balls that get tipped in the air and the balls that are slightly overthrown. They had good personnel to do that. Uh, Marcus Williams lost a very big one in terms of being able to continue with that dime thing. But Geno Stone is the guy I have a lot of hope for this week in terms of playing free safety in his place and doing a good job. Yeah, so Marcus Williams, I, I I watched a little bit of of the game versus the Bills, and you could see him flying around making a, a ton of plays. Mm-hmm. So this will be the second game where the Giants play a team that is based out of that you know those two high shell coverages. Um, you know, the first one being the Green Bay Packers in Week Five. The Packers were very conservative in it though, where they are keeping everything in front of them. They're really not jumping you know routes over the middle. And it led to some crossing routes. Do the Ravens play a similar style to that, or are they the type that plays aggressive and then you can hit the post over the top? If you know, like a run of mills concept or something. Uh, sure. I mean, I think they play some. I, I don't really think of the Ravens as being a team that plays a ton of robber concepts, where they're where they're really moving to two to one kind of thing to 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 move somebody up and eliminate a route going over the middle. But based on what you've told me about the Giants receivers, it seems like that might be an effective way to take away routes uh, and, uh, and, you know, take your chances on the deep ball a little more. Uh, I'd say they've been more of a, you know, half field safety kind of, kind of group. Geno Stone a little bit more limited in terms of speed. So I I expect more of the half field reading in this game. uh, And, and that'll necessarily mean that, that Chuck Clark is on the back end. We'll probably see Kyle Hamilton, the 14th overall pick, 
uh, more in the box on third downs as a, as a third safety in dime. With that, the Ravens have been number 32 in passing defense this year. Um, mm -hmm. A lot like, you know, last year with Wink Martindale, but Wink Martindale plays a very different style of defense than what the Ravens are currently doing. So how are teams going about getting all those yards in the air? And is there like a DB or linebacker that their teams are maybe picking on the most? Uh, real combination of factors. First of all, they've, they've had very little in the way of pass rush from their edge rushers. That's been a huge problem for the Ravens. And if you can sit back there and, and make a sandwich, you can pick apart even a really good secondary. So uh, they've, they've had some problems with that. They've had a lot of problems at inside linebacker in terms of coverage. So in particular, teams that can use the middle of the field between levels two and three have been very successful. So zone, uh, if, if you have zone busters uh, who can get into that spot and uh, the Giants tight ends concern me in that way and, and the play action certainly concerns me, uh, then there are opportunities to, to, to beat them there. And then most importantly, and, and this is a, a large factor, some of it's just situational that you get ahead in games, you give up a ton of passing yards. It's just the natural way in the NFL. It's why fantasy teams want to draft um, you know, average receivers from bad teams uh, is are, are a hot commodity. So I, it, it, they haven't been good in pass defense. I don't want to say it, but most of all, the problem I think has been a pass rush problem more than anything. So who on that? I mean, you see some names on that front. Obviously, Pierre Paul. Very, we're very familiar with him. Um, you know, Owe was a guy that people a lot of like coming into year two, uh, and then Calais Campbell in the middle. Who has been like the guy on that front? Well, Owe is definitely the the pass rusher. And the problem is he should be a rush linebacker, which means he plays opposite the naked tackle and can make his move on that guy. And Owe's tremendous athleticism um, from that spot, and he's a freakish athlete, means uh, he the left, the left tackle typically, because that's usually the naked side for most teams, um, will overreact to that first move. And he's got a chance to come up with combination moves that would be really good. He hasn't really figured that part of his toolbox out yet, how to have a pass rush plan. Uh, so he's getting some pressures, but he's only had one finish this year. Uh, does a lot of other good things that that very long arms, peels away the football effectively from a back who's he's behind. I uh, had a huge one in a, in a primetime game against Kansas City last year that won the game. Had another big one this last week uh, in terms of this week, I guess Buffalo, I guess it was. Uh, to to uh, uh, you know to to create a turnover, um, but but he's uh, he's playing Sam linebacker right now. So the Ravens are missing their their guy, Tyus Bowser, who just started practicing, who's one of the best coverage outside linebackers in the in the uh, league. They had to move uh, away over to that side, and away athletically is clearly the guy who has to do it. The other guys on the roster are all rush linebackers, um, but it but it really leaves a big hole. You you lose your you end up using your best pass rusher as your Sam linebacker. And so it's not an ideal situation. And the other thing is he's being way overplayed in terms of snaps. So that's true of Pierre Paul as well. Now who's the only other healthy edge they have who's any good. And they have another guy, uh, Brandon Copeland, who spent some time with the Falcons and is originally a Baltimore boy uh, who's come in and played a few, uh, uh, a few snaps for them, but he's, he, he doesn't really play very much either. Um, we're talking about linebackers and we joke about revenge games every week, even if it's our worst player on the roster play of that forward yeah. team. I like the dynamic of AJ Klein being on the Giants practice squad for two days and then going to the Ravens, Ravens 53 man roster. Wonder so, <clears throat> uh, I don't even know why I brought that up. Just kind of popped healthy, in my head. Healthy scratch is his first week. So, uh, we, we are thinking maybe he plays a little bit more, but uh, Patrick Queen's resurgence in this last week with an interception might, might actually keep him inactive again. Well, let's talk about the linebackers. The Ravens are allowing five yards per carry, which is up towards the most in the league, but then they don't 
teams don't haven't been running the ball against them, and that could partly be, uh, like you said, playing from behind. Um, you, you know, you played some pass happy offenses like like Buffalo. Um, how what has brought success to you know rushing versus the Ravens? Is it just the light boxes or not guys not being able to two gap? Um, and do you think the Ravens might change their attack versus a high volume running attack like the Giants? I, I do think they'll change. Uh, they haven't played much base defense so far this year. And I think we're going to see basically that against the Giants 12 personnel. I think uh, and you, you were telling me the Giants don't really play too much 21. So even when they show you the apparent formation, meaning they're bringing two tight ends in the game, but one of them might line up in the backfield. I think the Ravens will respond with, uh, with uh, three down linemen. I think we'll also see three down linemen, uh, some against 11, and, and what they would do is is play a jump, what I call a jumbo nickel, I don't know what you call it, but three down linemen, two outside linebackers, only one inside linebacker, which is not too much of a sacrifice for the Ravens to take an inside linebacker off the field because uh, they, they don't have great ones. Um, and then a, uh, a five-man uh, secondary. Uh, the Ravens play a fair amount of that. Wink uh, had brought that to Baltimore. It hadn't been used very much before. Did, has he used it already uh, with the Giants so far? Yeah, yeah, they've done, they've done a lot of that with, Dane Belton, they've they've liked as as a rookie out of Iowa. Okay, uh, so I think I think we'll see a lot of the three defensive linemen, and, and it's definitely that's the Ravens' strength is on the defensive line where they have, uh, you know, multiple players who are who are pretty good in terms of having uh, Campbell and the rookie Travis Jones has been pretty good in terms of 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 what he's done so far, uh, and uh, Broderick Washington has probably been a little better than than. Uh, uh, people would expect. And Justin Matabike has been probably their best pass rusher from the inside. He's also in there on rundowns a lot. Amazing core strength in terms of his ability to um, ragdoll offensive linemen who are bigger than him out of out of position. I've really been impressed with his growth this year. With the offense, you, you know, we just played Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously back-to-back MVP, but I, I see Lamar Jackson, and that worries me a lot more uh, as, a, as a fan with the Giants' defense. Um, what for, we'll talk about his running ability because he's been mm-hmm. awesome throwing the ball obviously this year, but he's, you know, he's, I think one of the top 10 rushers in the NFL year, he's averaging like 73 yards per, uh, per game. What type of design runs are leading to Lamar's rush total and how much of it is scrambling? Well, let's, I, I, a lot to unpack there. Let's, let's take it a piece at a time. So uh, the first is it, they, he does have a fair amount of scramble yards this year. And in fact, if you look at the scrambles and I like to add, have a forced not to pass category where you add the scrambles to the sacks and basically take the negative yardage and deduct it from the, whatever scramble yards are at. Those plays are, about, they were 3.8 heading into last week. It probably was down a little bit this last week, but still pretty good. And um, I, a scramble slash sack is not a throwaway. And why those those are kind of a, a, a white to black um uh, you know, sorry, a, a gray situation is a lot of Jackson's sacks come on like S minus one, S minus two plays or S zero plays where he's taken off to run, but they just happen to get him short of the line of scrimmage. And in, in, by the same token, uh, other quarterbacks have some S plus ones and Jackson does too, I, 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 or S plus twos, which are, are, are counted as one and two yard runs and not sacks, but they're really right. sacks, you know, depending on when they happen. Um, what I'd say in terms of how they get him the football um, they've had real problems in the backfield this year um, until the return of J.K. Dobbins, which happened in week, I guess it was week three. Um, he, he's just ramped up uh, to, to play more and is finally uh, now looks like he's ready to take a bigger workload. But uh, the guys they had back there were elder statesmen back. Let's put it Kenyon Drake, who's been around the league for a while. 
he, he did a little bit in this last game, but is not really very effective running back at this point. And uh, Mike Davis, who really has shown the Ravens nothing. Um, I didn't understand the signing originally. I actually thought he would be cut, but uh, but he ends up being the starting running back on opening night for the Ravens or opening day. And, and uh, that's exactly not what you want. Uh, the Ravens have lacked a speed back to really threaten the outside. And the Ravens offense is very much predicated on uh, threatening uh, at three different points along the line of scrimmage horizontally on the same play to try and get the opponents to run out of position. So you, they often will run a counter where you'll see two, you know, two, two uh, linemen, whether it's center tackle or guard tackle, pulling from one side to the other. They have jet motion is another way they do it. They use a sidecar back now instead of pistol as they did uh, in Jackson's MVP year to try and uh, get the mesh point in front of Jackson. So he's looking at the field. And what that ends up happening is Jackson is the major uh, run middle threat. So he'll hold that mesh point for a long time, uh, make some very late pulls, and and uh, he's had very good success in terms of running the football uh, right up the middle uh, for most of his runs. They don't run him to the sideline much anymore. That was good for uh, keeping him healthy and, and getting a lot of runs that went out of bounds. But Lamar knows how to get tackled. He's he's good yeah. about uh, yeah going downfield. Yeah, it's been – I know every – Talking points get point over. It's like, oh, he's going to get hurt. I know he got injured last year, but like, I don't think anyone's as good as avoiding those injury type hits as Lamar Jackson. I was watching. I did a video on on his run versus the Dolphins that long one, and mm-hmm. it, it was basically what you just described, where you said like they have three different points of attack. They did all three on one play, where they bring the jet motion. They, you know, they do the fake to, you know, they do the mesh point with the running back. The jet motion pulls two guys out. The, the mesh, you know, keeps one guy occupied and then they pull two players and there's Lamar Jackson 75 yards down the field versus, versus the Dolphins. So it's it's fascinating to watch. And I think that would probably be my biggest worry this week is because the Giants linebackers are just very slow processors, or at least Tate Crowder is um, going to gonna be interesting. I have one other point to make out of that, if you don't mind. I mean, Jackson's gained about 18 pounds this offseason. So he probably is not quite as quick as he as he once was. And, and, and to me, he was never a four three guy. There was some unofficial four thirty four that he had when he was when he was younger. But uh, I I don't really believe it. Even honestly, I think he's a he's a, a little bit under a four five guy at this point in his career. And you saw on that on that run against Miami, he, last fifteen yards, it looked like he had a piano on his back in terms of other other Xavier Howard or Xavier Howard trying to catch up to him. So uh, he's, he's definitely a guy who runs in third gear. He's more like a Formula One car where he's always cornering. And, and uh, the thing that Jackson does better than any player really, almost in any sport ever, is he reads leverage like no one. Uh, if you really talk about the other athletes all time who, who could read leverage the way he could, it's, it's Muhammad Ali. It's, uh, you know, a, a couple of the great running backs in this league, like Barry Sanders and Gail Sayers. There really is just almost no one like him in, in today's game. Yeah, he's he's. I, I mean, I think he's the most fun quarterback. To, like, I think Mahomes and Allen are probably the top two in the league right now. But mm-hmm. for me, Lamar is the most fun to watch on a week out, week week in, week out basis. Um, with that, what if I I haven't seen the interceptions, but I see he has five interceptions on on the year uh, in five games. Have there been any coverages that have given Lamar uh, Jackson issues? I know there was a, a thought that cover zero stuff. Uh, gave him issues last year. Obviously, Wink Martindale's going to show that a ton. Like, what would you do if you were facing uh, Lamar? Yeah, it's it's weird because it's different week to week. Um, he, he's he's he was not good against pressure against Cincinnati. 
uh, this last week and they found ways to get an extra man in. In fact, they did some, I, I don't even know what you call it when it's not quite a green dog and it's not quite a red dog, but you have a blissing linebacker and he's just delaying for about half a second before he rushes instead of it's a brown dog or whatever's in the middle of the, b- b- between those things. Uh, but he's no, there's no concept of he's waiting for to decide what a back is doing. He's just coming a little bit later. Uh, that was very effective. And, you know, Wink has undoubtedly seen that tape and he may pick up on things there that would uh, slow him down. But Jackson has been the best quarterback under pressure this year. And yet last week he was he was pretty terrible uh, against pressure. Uh, He has some late bailout throws last year. This was definitely true that Mark Andrews is just the automatic target under those situations. And that has created some interceptions. He had nine interceptions throwing to Mark Andrews last year. Oh, wow. uh, That's a lot. Yeah. I'll finish off talking about Mark Andrews. Obviously, the Ravens run a lot of you know heavy tight end personnel, and Mark Andrews is having another stellar season. Uh, it might be might be a, a multiple answer to this, but what are they attacking to get him so involved in it? Whether it's it's you know those little drag routes or you know up the seams, like how is Mark Andrews getting so involved once again? Yeah, bread and butter with with some play action. Uh, and, you know, the, what the Ravens do in play action is not too much turn your back play action as much as, a, you know, a mesh point or even a fake to the mesh play action where a, a back is coming in front of Jackson and, and he's just showing a little bit of a, of a half-hearted play action uh, forward-facing fake. But uh, they really like Jackson facing the football field and not reacquiring it. So I think they've done a, a lot more of that. Um Andrews, a lot of other teams have tried to take him away and 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 done so pretty effectively. His yards per target is way down this year, so um, you know not exactly uh, the season that they would have hoped to. But he's he, he still extended plays are where he gets a lot of his yardage. He'll find space uh, as Lamar extends a play for over three seconds, and there's a lot of that where Lamar is very efficient at at leaving the pocket um, or moving around in the pocket and then finding. Uh, uh, it just seems like every time uh, Andrews at the end of a play like that. Yeah, I think this is the offense that the Giants, Giants fans, and probably the Giants coaching staff is keeping them up at night. The most, I mean, the first four weeks they played bad quarterbacks. Last week versus Rodgers, they very, they very much have a plan of attack of getting the ball out quick, taking any free release they can get. Uh, in fact, twenty of the first twenty, twenty of his twenty-four first half throws were less than ten yards where Lamar can mm. just kill you in so many different ways. Um, and we we saw that with a different coordinator two years ago uh, in that 2020 matchup. Ken, I appreciate you uh, jumping on with us. Where can people find you? Because uh, I've been on your website, and it's it's like perfect prep for getting ready for a game. All right. Outstanding, Bobby. Yeah, at, at Film Study Ravens on Twitter. Uh, happy to talk to anybody about uh, about what's going on. And filmstudybaltimore.com is my website. And that has, uh, I put out about 300 hours of content per year in terms of podcasts. So lots out there if you want to study up on the Ravens, if you're a Giants fan. And uh, uh, generally speaking, uh, just a, a news guy there that, that a lot of the, the rest of the Giants uh, fans maybe wouldn't have too much interested in because it's very Ravens centric. Thanks again, Ken. We uh, maybe we'll get. Actually, we won't get a matchup next year. I forget we did the NFC, AFC. Uh, I'll finish with this. I was very frustrated. <clears throat> we have a last place schedule that the Ravens finished last place. So I'm like, man, I would rather face basically every <laughs> AFC North team before <laughs> before the Ravens this year. But thanks again, Ken. All right, much appreciated. Hey, Sean, you hope I never get back in. I will kick your.
Thank you to Ken McCusick for coming on the show. And before we welcome on Danny King, we got to talk about True Classic. It's sports season, baby. And our sponsor, True Classic, has everything you need to make the most of that lineup. Your clothes lineup, shirts lineup, that is. Whether you have abs or... Danny, do you have abs? Uh, you definitely do not. Oh, tough. Whether you have abs of steel or a soft cream-filled center, that's what Danny King has. That's exactly me. Most t-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places, are way too big and boxy, but not true classic. This is the brand behind the softest, most flattering, and most comfortable t-shirt of the year. Athletes may have jerseys, but we have true classic. True classic is the one-stop shop for your favorite casual crewnecks, polos, activewear, and I'm telling you, They give all those expensive brands out there a run for their money. These are the uniforms you need in your closet. They do the styling. You do the wearing. It's that simple. True Classic. They already have helped over 2 million men get their fit on at an affordable price. So we want to hook you up with some True Classic. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the code GIANTS at trueclassic.com. I love how they have shirts that fit every kind of man well. Because getting shirts can be tough some, sometimes. So I want you to not drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code GIANTS. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code GIANTS. Strengthen your core wardrobe with True Classic today. You'll be glad you did. All right, we now welcome on to the program Danny King for weather and trivia. Danny, what's the weather looking like for MetLife this Sunday? I mean, like, if Giants have just had some beautiful game day weather. I'm excited for when I go to my first game. It's going to be completing other garbage of the weather because this Sunday is going to be perfectly clear. 64 degrees, low humidity, the wind. Where's my wind thing right here? Uh, Five miles per hour, so it's not going to be much windage. It might just be a nice fall day at MetLife Stadium. So if you're tailgating there on Sunday... Because you're legally required to go if you're in the Tri-State area. You're going to have a great time no matter what you're doing at the game. You are legally required to go. And you're also legally required to show up to L16. 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 I'm looking forward to being at L16 within like the next next month. It's going to yeah, be exciting. It's an easier walk than going to K. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about yeah, Freaking all the way from NJ Transit to there. Disgusting. But it was worth it every time. All right. Trivia. Baltimore Ravens. I think this is the first time we've had a Baltimore Ravens trivia since... Uh, since in talk of Giants history, or I could be wrong, so don't quote no, me on that. No, 2020 we did. 2020 we did, so I just completely lied to you all. All right, so uh, who are the only two Giants to have interceptions in the game in games against Baltimore? So there's two corners. One has two interceptions. One has one. Two corners in the history. Jesse Armstead should have one. Shout out Super Bowl. Um, regular I season, know. I should say. Regular season, I look up. Post-season. Oh, throws a curveball. This is such a hard question. I, I I have no clue. Aaron Ross. I'm going to say, I don't even know who to guess. Aaron Ross is one. And they're, they're corners? Yes. So we're just let's just change it to guess who had the two. Yeah, guess who has. I have one. You think of another, Bobby. I'll just say Corey Webster. I can't think of any other corner that it could be. Uh, Actually, you know what? It could have been in that twenty. Could have been that twenty sixteen game. Did we pick off Flacco in that game? I can't remember. DRC. Yeah, I'm going to say Dominic Rogers Cromartie. 
even though I know I, that's wrong. So I I guess maybe I said corner. That was uh, I didn't mean to say corner. Wow, so then, 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 then Steve Steve Brown Stevie Brown. Aaron Ross was one. He, that mm-hmm. is correct. He had two interceptions back in week eleven of two thousand eight. The other was Percy Ellsworth back in nineteen ninety seven. I'm a big fan of Percy Ellsworth. Yeah, you should all be a big fan of Percy Ellsworth. What are you doing? But yes, Aaron Ross had two back in a. Uh, 2008, the only Giant, uh, these are only two Giants that have interceptions against the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe we can add, maybe the Giants can get an interception this week. Uh, and then two, maybe we could add a third player to this list. All would be fantastic stuff if, if any of that was to happen. I was half right. All right. Half right. Let's yeah. get into our fantasy draft where we pick players from the Giants and the team that they're playing to highlight matchups and bring competition. We all did pretty good last week. We all scored uh, north of 30 points, but I had the most at 39.8. I'm still leading the way with 177.7 points. Uh, Danny, you finished with 31 points last week. You are 34.9 points back from me. And then, Justin, you finished with 32.8. You are 54 points off the lead. But, Justin, you have the first pick this week. So you need you need a monster game here eventually to close the gap. Justin, who's the first pick in the draft? Saquon Barkley. Whoa. Run the damn ball. Throw him the damn ball, too. Like, I want to see a little bit more receiving production out of Saquon Barkley. Mark Andrews, yeah, he's having an insane year, but I'm a Giants fan who wants to see the Giants do well. Saquon Barkley, first pick. This was the first week where I thought there was a pretty good conversation to be had, besides week one when it was like Derrick Henry versus Saquon. Um, but yeah, I think Mark Andrews was in play for this pick. Danny, are you going Mark Andrews? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going Mark Andrews 100 percent because the pregame I kind of wanted to like see where Justin was trying to lead, and I, I made it think there for a second. But yeah, like you said, Marcus Marcus Andrews, Mark Andrews having a hell of a year. What 25 points, 28 points, 22 points. There are some weeks. Uh, week four against Buffalo, you only have three points, and then week one he had ten. So there's maybe some chances for Mark Andrews to maybe mess up here and there. But it, I think Mark Andrews can have a day against this offense. The only thing that can hold back this Ravens offense is realistically the man calling plays because he knows this team better than that. He knows the Ravens like the back of his own hand. So that's the one risk of picking Mark, of any Raven this week is the guy knows how to stop a majority of them, especially Lamar and Mark Andrews. But Mark Andrews is my pick. This is maybe the biggest drop-off after two that we've seen. Because, you know, there's no Rashad Bateman for the Ravens this week. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pick Darius Slayton first, even though he's fourth on my big board. But we're playing a very similar style of defense. So I expect him to get some big plays this week. And then I'm going to take who's going to most likely be their, their one this week, and that's Devin DuVernay. Like, at least I know Devin DuVernay will get some targets. Um, I had him third on my big board. But that's, I mean, that's a huge drop-off from Saquon Barkley and Mark Andrews. Probably two of the best fantasy football players just in fantasy football this year. And then we're talking about guys who aren't even rostered in Slayton and DuVernay. So, um, Danny, you have your second pick now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. Uh, I think I'm, I was I was kind of hoping Slayton would be here. I probably would have taken him because he helped me last week. This week, I think I'm going to take a little J.K. Dobbins. Uh, in his first game back, I believe he had 22 fantasy points. That's a lot. He had six. The following week, he had 22, but then he had four. So that's a little more boomer bust right there, J.K. Dobbins. But I just don't really know. I mean, you, I could have probably went with. I should have uh, taken J.K. Dobbins. What? 
I said I should have taken J.K. Dobbins, but I, I don't I, know. I was kind of shocked you did it at first. Uh, you could argue maybe I should have went with a Josh wide receiver uh, named Richie James here. But J.K. Dobbins, especially with uh, Justice Say and Justice Hill is on the injury report, it might not play. That running back might by committee might disappear a little this week. And uh, I think J.K. Dobbins would get a majority of the snaps as long as that knee is uh, fully back. The last two weeks were the first two weeks where I had Richie James in my team, and he has not put up production the last two weeks. So staying away from Richie James. Justin, you got back-to-back picks. I'm going to go a little unconventional here. Uh, Daniel Bellinger is one. The Giants are, I think they're starting to embrace utilizing Daniel Bellinger a little bit more. Um, there's been some nice Daniel Bellinger praise going uh, going his way. It seems like whenever he touches the ball too, like one out of every three times, he finds himself in the end zone, which is helpful for fantasy. And... The smart pick here would be to go with Richie James, but I'm not doing it. Are you going to do it? I'm going Isaiah Likely. Wow, that's... He's only had like five or so catches. Seven. I mean, he has seven catches. They, I mean, they do play him, but I had him 13th on my big board. And I'm you going just unconventional. You Richie James is the smart move here, but there's a reason why I'm last. Did fits. we have a backup tight end score on us last week? We yeah, did. Mercedes, it was Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. It used to be like we just we like we were good at covering starting tight ends. We couldn't cover backup tight ends in the end zone. Um, and Mercedes Lewis remind. I was very surprised that we didn't get a Mercedes Lewis pick from Danny last week. I think so, if Isaiah likely can get on the field and if they want to utilize him a little bit, I think he can cause some issues because if the main priority is covering Mark Andrews. Um, you know, who's going to be covering a very athletic Isaiah Likely, especially even if they want to flank him out wide. I don't know if they have been doing that because he certainly can't block that well. So I'll take him. All right. Danny, what's your third pick? Yeah, I mean, it, it's I was struggling up until Judd said he wasn't taking Richie James. I am going to take Richie James. Obviously, he hasn't done hasn't been as much of a name recently, but maybe this is a week he can uh, – bounce back and uh make some points i'm just really disappointed that bobby took darius Slayton because that was my pick that like kind of uh assisted me last week because i knew he was going to have a better chance against that green bay packers secondary especially with all the injuries to wide receivers all right i have back-to-back picks so i know that one of them is going to be demarcus robinson one of them will be demarcus robinson just where but that it's not going to be this pick because i'm I kind of want to get crazy. Screw it. I'm going Wandale Robinson. Ooh, little Ooh. Wandale. Could, now, is this eligible for a trade if he's not playing? Yeah, because this is this is the last pick of the third round. Got okay. it. So oh, there's, smart play. there's strategy to this. There's level to this. Remember that those. celebrity Danny? What was that celebrity boxing match? Oh, it was the when uh, Mike Tyson came back and fighting, and the announcer just kept on saying like, "There's levels to this," and people oh, were like, yeah. "How many levels are there to this?" <laughs> like you said this seven seven times. I can't remember. There who are that levels was. to this. Um, and then so I'm gonna go with the other Robinson brother, Demarcus Robinson, uh, former Giant. Shout out Matt Lombardo. Um, just kidding. That's a deep cut for I'm, I'm people on Twitter. Like, that's a, that's a very that deep cut. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Robinson brothers, Wandale and Demarcus Robinson, to finish it off. Danny, what's your last pick? God, this is just I feel tragic. Like an easy one. So you say there's an easy one, but when have I ever picked the easy one? It just never has happened. Uh, 
Oh man, I'm just gonna. God, I don't really want anyone. Um, you know what? I I've been getting away from the back of tight end now. I know the Ravens' back of tight end was taken by Justin, and I'm assuming uh, the other guy's not being active active because he was not active last week. Boyle. So I am going to take the Giants' backup tight end. Which one? That's what I'm trying to think. Of that wait a second. Which one's the second tight end on the list? Wait, I. Oh God, this is embarrassing. I was gonna say Tanner Hudson. Tanner Hudson is the most likely to get yards, but I think Chris Myrick is the most likely to get touchdowns. Yeah, but I just I gotta get back in my backup tight end way, and I and I just not feeling uh, Chris Myrick, and it's preseason with the backup tight ends. I still gotta find the right. But one. But it's always the other team's backup tight ends. But I'm I'm never gonna doubt. Anytime I say a Danny pick is bad, it ends up being really good. All right, Justin, finish this off. There's an obvious pick here. Yeah, I mean, you could go Kenyon Drake. Which, that's an yeah. obvious pick, but I'm going to think uh, Marcus Johnson here. No, I thought Marcus Johnson was out. He led the team in, in wide receiver reps last week. Yeah, so I'm going Marcus Johnson. All right. To recap, Justin has Saquon Barkley, Daniel Bellinger, Isaiah Likely, and Marcus Johnson. Danny, you have Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, Richie James, and Tanner Hudson. And I have Darius Slayton, Devin Duvernay, Wanda Robinson, and Dem- Oh, my God, my team is horrible. Like, if I win this league, <laughs> you guys should be embarrassed. You probably um, all right, it's time for Giants Factors, where we pick our X-Factors. Justin, you are first up this week. And if you pick mine, I'm going to be pissed. Jalen Smith. Go for it. <laughs> I can go for it. Jalen Smith, looks like you're interior linebacker number one. You're a fast, athletic linebacker. You know, the Ravens are going to be doing a little bit of complicated things on the running game. Shouldn't be too complicated. But if you're going to be asked to kind of keep Lamar Jackson under wraps, if you're going to be asked to cover Mark Andrews from time to time, you're my giant factor. Go out there, be this team's interior linebacker number one. Even if you're even if you're not the Mike linebacker by assignment, be the team's best linebacker and be a giant factor. Danny, who is your giant factor for week six? Luckily, I was not going to pick Jalen Smith. That'd be silly of me. I'm going to take a man that's kind of you know having having a, having a good year in terms of his standards. I'm taking O'Shane Simenez. Uh, last week he made that, there was that great picture of him smacking, uh, Aaron Rodgers from the back and, uh, just having a, he's having a good year. I mean, you're looking at, I hate to break up their grades, but he has an 80, he got an 86 week one, a 72 week three on, and an PFF 80 grades. week five. I'm bringing out PFF grades cause I pay for that service. Uh, oh, Shane's you're going to have to, this whole defensive line is going to have to do their best to contain Lamar Jackson, which is physically impossible. But if you can get a pass rush on him, make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket, and then hope Jalen Smith is able to keep his eyes on Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews at the same time. I, I think we need O'Shane Zimenez to have a week. Uh, Kayvon's coming into his own. Leonard Williams might be back this week. So a lot of factors if O'Shane Zimenez done anything. But uh, O'Shane Zimenez, be a Giants factor this week. And might I say, my Giants factor last week, Daniel Bellinger, is probably the first great Giants factor I've ever chosen because he actually was a Giants factor last week. The more you know. Can I guess where you're going to go, Bobby? Guess. I feel like you're going to go Wondell Robinson. That's actually crazy because that's not who I'm going to go with. Wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> I, I'm going Evan Neal. I want to see some improvement at, at some point. And this is a week where you're not going to be facing some great pass rush. Like Jason Pierre-Paul still has some juice left, but he's not some great pass rusher. Uh, Owe is, has, you know, he's an athletic, really athletic freak, but he hasn't been able to put it together 
you know, with moves or anything. This should be a week, Evan Neal. Like, let's, let's start the improvement now. And if you remember, who was Andrew Thomas facing when his upward trend started? Jason Pierre Jason Pierre Paul on Monday Night Football versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now you've got yourself a chance to get better. It's it's eventually the heat will come on him. Now Andrew Thomas is success. We'll keep the heat off him, but I, I want to see some improvement at some point. Like I'm not going to call him a bust or anything, but I just want to see some improvement here eventually. Make the online reports a little more fun, Evan Neal. So Evan Neal, you are my giant factor for Week Six versus the Ravens. Got the jersey. Evan Neal's jersey came in. Got both rookies, baby. Oh, you so you got both the rookie jerseys. So did you oh. ever get Tony? All right, uh, I, I haven't yet, but uh, I've been contemplating getting his classic jersey, but I am truly taking it as a sign that NFL Shop canceled his order for me, that he is not going to work out. It already is a working out. That's the that's That's the, the thing, though, so, so that's why I have to get it. I'm just waiting for, like, the right time to just suck just it up. do it and, right now. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, um, spread picks. Uh, we all went 4-4 four and four last week. Except for the listeners who went one and seven. Uh, Danny is twenty two and seventeen. I am nineteen and twenty. The listeners are eighteen and twenty one, and then Justin is in last at seventeen and twenty two. Seventeen and twenty two. But first, Danny, who is bringing us the spread picks this week? Oh, sorry, I didn't see it there. I was too busy using the, the draft listeners sport, went, sportsbook. The, the the listeners went one and seven, and they're still ahead of me. Yep. <laughs> Danny, what app were you using on your phone that was distracting you? No, sorry. I was just it was just the great DraftKings Sportsbook app because ladies and gentlemen, the NFL action is in full swing over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just five dollars, one, two, three, four, five, on any NFL team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winners with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Now, me right now, I'm looking at the there's a few games that have caught my attention. The Jets-Packers, the Jets are uh, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. And in the Sunday night game, the Eagles are, uh, what was it, six-and-a-half-point favorites. What, guys, what games are sticking out to you right now? Those are the two sticking out to me at the moment. Thursday night football sticking out to me. Of course. That beautiful uh, Washington Commanders uh, one-point favorite. Justin, you got a game? No, because I'm bad at this. Uh, yeah, but that's right. Do not listen to Justin's uh, advice on gambling because... He just does it when you games. I'd like DraftKings Sportsbook because they make things even sweeter because you could throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. That's a lot of seasons. So right now, I've already did it. I think you should too. You need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game the american version that's coach john boy only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl and as always minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details all right thursday night football baby it's back and we've got the commanders at the bears even just a pick em game uh i really went back and forth on this so i'm interested to hear what your pick is danny king yeah, uh, this is this is the Thursday night football slop we love. Brought their glasses back. I brought the glasses back because I ain't feeling it now. You might be wondering they seem crooked on my face. Uh, they are. I don't know why. I think I almost broke them this summer. That's besides the point. Uh, that's a good point as well. But that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, this game sucks. Uh, I'm gonna take I disagree. 
I'm going to bet on Matt Eberflus because I like I'm betting on the Giants this week. Matt Eberflus knows Carson Wentz like the back of his hand because he was the former Colts defensive coordinator when he was there. So I am taking the the Bears in this pick'em game. That makes me feel bad because I I wrote I thought about changing this, but I already wrote down for myself Commanders. I know Jahan like they have some injuries, but I just the Bears corners struggle so much that I just feel like this is a game where Wentz can. Ro- actually get it rolling a little bit so i'm going commanders justin where are you going if the bears can keep it close on the first half they will win in the second half because according to dvoa they have one of the worst defenses in the national football league in the first half and then a top five defense in the national football league in the second half i'm going they're, bears they're like our offense you know we're six in the nfl and, and second half points per game i've been waiting for somebody to do this i tweeted that out on monday Oh. The listeners are agreeing me with me, represented by Doug E. Fesh, Fresh, and he's going Commanders. Patriots at Browns, minus two and a half. I'm back in on the Bill Belichick, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia train. Um, the Browns, I think, are poorly coached. Um, they have a good scheme, but I think they're just poorly coached. And I don't, I guess, maybe the Patriots. But the Patriots offense, like, put up 27 points or whatever. 29. Um, 29 points with Bailey Zappi. So I'm going Patriots two and a half. I'm back in on the Patriots. The listeners disagree with me going Browns. Justin, where are you going? I'm going Browns minus two and a half. Um, I mean, that was just an insane win that I saw coming, by the way. I saw coming. I think the rest of you picked the Lions um, against Joe Judge's. Um, well, Justin gets one pick right and has to rub it I, in I our thought, face. I thought, I thought I would restore the roar and me restore the roar did not go well. No, but I I don't think it's going to happen two weeks in a row. Even though the Browns' defense is really bad and their offense is good, similar to the Lions. But I am going to go Browns minus two and a half. Danny, where are you going? I don't know who started that quarterback this week, but that doesn't matter because the Patriots, like Justin said, nope, Bobby said it, the Patriots are back. And you look at it, I just decided to look at it against the spread this year, or at least, yeah, this year. The Patriots are 2-2-1, two, two, and one, the Browns are 2-3, and three, so I'm going to take the Patriots because they like to cover their spread. And plus 2.5 points, I think that's something they could cover easily, and I think they could win because they, like, they dog the lines, dog those boys. Vikings at Dolphins plus three and a half would be a more fun game to watch if Tua was playing. I don't think he is. Um, so, Justin, where are you going? These are two of your teams. You like the Dolphins? You love Kirk Cousins? Where are we going? Well, I don't like the Dolphins without Tua, so give me the Vikings. I agree with you. I just I just think this is a game where... I mean, the Vikings team does have talent around that roster, um, and I, I think they'll get the best out of them this week the listeners also agree danny are you going against the green uh no i'm not because not only is it not Tua, it's not teddy bridgewater it's skylar thompson just no uh also because it's funny justin denounced kirk cousins and kirk cousins has kind of been like balling yeah recently. i can't fucking stand that man so, <laughs> I, I really so, can't stand it so, i'm done with them blah 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 he he disowns uh, i disown him and now he's balling he's, out it, kirk cousins mvp race that's crazy but yes i'm taking the vikings this week even though the vikings suck against the spread kirk cousins is balling out justin jefferson is best wide receiver in the nfl jets at packers minus seven jets have been a, a scrappy little team you know it's our little brother's doing halfway decent this year Packers underachieving. But I'm going to go Packers minus seven. They're not losing to the Jets. The Jets? Come on. The listeners agree with me. Danny, do you agree with me? 
I said during my ad read, I was looking at locking, looking at that game because of the Jets. I the Jet the Jets might Jets might be something. I'm not saying they're like going to do anything crazy, but I think they can cover this spread seven and a half because the Packers just are not a good team right now. And they gave that little like sprinkle of like if we lose this game, we have a problem. That's going to light a fire under the Jets, this young team especially. Jets are going to cover. Packers are going to win. All right, Justin's going. Jets, J-E-T-S. I'm going to spell that very simple word wrong. Cardinals at Seahawks plus three. Danny, where are we going here? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what to think of the Cardinals because I'm just going to take the Seahawks because they they might be good. And Geno Smith might be good as well. I don't know. This is just, I don't know what to think of both these teams. Uh, They're, yeah, this is, yeah. Listeners are going Cardinals. Justin, who are you going with? I know where you're going with this. This is your love child. Seahawks defense is so bad, man. Seahawks plus three. It's actually criminal. Wait. Like, I, I want to, like, Geno Smith's season should be talked about more than what it's being talked about right now. He's having, like, an insane season. But that Seahawks defense is so bad that t- every time Taysom Hill touched the ball last week and either was a first down or a touchdown and they lost they lost with Andy Dalton as quarterback and Chris Olave was the only pass catching threat in that game the, the Saints year, were running Olave. the Saints were running with like eight offensive linemen not seven offensive linemen in formations with three tight ends and Taysom Hill a quarterback give me the Seahawks I'm going Cardinals though. Like the Cardinals are, I, I feel like they're the team that every other they just they alternate every other week what they do. That's true. So I, I'm going Cardinals minus three. All right, this is the game of the week. I, I don't know why this game isn't Sunday night. Like I, this should be a, the Sunday. This should be flex to Sunday night, but it's not because whatever. Um, Bills at Chiefs plus three. Justin, where are you going on this? Give me the Bills are too good. All right, Bills as 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 road favorites. I'm also going with the Bills. The listeners are going with the Bills. It's I I, I love both these teams, but I just I think the Bills are the team that's just going to win every big matchup they have this year, and I'm so I'm going Bills. Danny, where are you going? Oh uh, yeah, like this this should be the Sunday night game. I understand why it's not the Sunday night game, but I mean both teams are good. But only one team has wagons, and only one team can circle them. And at the end of the day, the wagons will be circled by them bills. So now we have Panthers at Rams minus 9.5. People are like, why would you put this game on the slate? Because a head coach was fired, and we always put these games on when a head coach is fired. And guess what I always do? Anytime a head coach is fired, you pick that team. Any freaking time. I don't care if they replace it. With a cat. We are going Panthers plus nine and a half. Very, very easy bet. Danny, are you... Justin, I I know you're a believer in this, but the last time this happened, you went against it and lost. Are you on on the train this week? I'm on the train. They're going to play for that cat, if you know what I mean, Bobby Skinner. Uh, uh, Panthers plus nine and a half. That was a sex joke, by the way. There we go. Danny, are are you part of the movement? Like like you said, you can't go against the grade. They just teams always play well for an interim head coach. Uh, yeah, give me give me the Panthers, baby. Listeners are going Rams. Uh, they, they don't understand this. They really dog. don't understand this. Dog, right. dog. And then Sunday night football: Cowboys at Eagles minus six. First, 
Who are we rooting for in this game? Um, realistically, the Cowboys, because then if they win, the Eagles are no longer undefeated and we're all on even playing field. Well, after here's the, the thing for me is that the Eagles, I think, are going to win the division no matter what. Yes. And the Cowboys are capable of the second half meltdowns. Yes. So I don't think we're ever going to beat the – I don't think we'll beat the Eagles for the division, but I think we can be in a wild card race with the Cowboys. So I'm actually rooting for the Eagles on Sunday night. Yeah. But it makes me feel gross either way. Yeah, I mean, I... These games are a lot more fun to watch when your team actually doesn't matter, like the Giants in the past years, and you could just make fun of whoever. Yeah. Justin, who are you rooting for? I don't know. I Like, this game is going to be a huge barometer for really both teams to see, are the Eagles legit, and can the Cowboys hang, like, even without Dak, and how good are they going to get even when Dak comes back, which that's still a question, too, of how will that offense look even with Dak. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to root for the Cowboys simply because the Eagles being like legit against a somewhat legit team is a very scary thought. And this is like their first true matchup of the season, the Eagles. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, played they the beat Vikings, the Vikings who are 4-1. and one. But I mean, I, I think That's I think fair. the Vikings being 4-1 and one is a little fugazi. I don't I and don't think that they're a legit team. Worst 4-1 and one team ever? Some, some are saying. <laughs> um... All right, so the listeners are going Cowboys plus six. I am too. I actually think the Eagles are going to win this game, but I'm going to pick the Cowboys to cover. But everything the Cowboys are good at, the Eagles are too. Like that front. Well, the Eagles have a great offensive line. Uh, you know, they're you know they're some of their DB play, like you know Trevon Diggs. Well, they got good ma- they got good wide receivers. Um, I just Cooper Rush only completed ten passes last week. The Rams are in trouble, but but I'm so I'm, I'm going Cowboys plus six, even though I think the Eagles are going to win. Justin, what do you got? Um, Cowboys cover. All right, Danny, finish it off. Yeah, like, I think the Eagles will win. The other interesting thing is, though, because Dak Prescott actually practiced today, which yeah, is another Rush interesting is playing. He is? Okay, then screw everything I just said. Uh, I will also take the Cowboys to cover because they're 4-1 against the spread this year, but the Eagles right now are just That's what I was looking up. That's East. why my head was down on my phone, because that's exactly what I was looking up. Look at that. Me and Justin on the same wavelength, baby. All right. Giants first Ravens. Danny, what is your score prediction for the Giants? It's week six matchup. I went against them last week because I didn't think they would get it done, but they beat a good team in the in the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Wink Martindale knows his Ravens team well. Revenge game for Wink Martindale. Uh, he's going to want to prove them wrong for letting him go. As, as crazy as it sounds, I, I truly think we can win if the Giants' defense could do their job and contain Lamar Jackson. I, I think the Giants are going to win. I think it's going to be probably Giants 27, the Ravens 24. I think the Giants just turn it on the second half. I think they'll suck in the first half and be good in the second half because that's what they have done this year. And uh, I, I think we stand a realistic chance of going 5-1, and one, which is a crazy thought. Justin, score prediction. 26-20, Ravens. Losers. Danny picked them to win. Wait. <laughs> but, but you're still a loser, Danny. Oh, fair. <laughs> Revenge for Justin Ellis. Revenge for Ben Bredesen. Revenge for Tyree Phillips. Revenge for Jihad Ward. Revenge for... For Tony Jefferson and revenge for Wink 
Martindale. Kevin Zeitler, forgive me for what we're about to do to you. Giants 77, Ravens 0. We're going to be the worst 5-1 and team ever in NFL history, and we're going to gloat, gloat, gloat. And we'll be back on Monday to recap it all. But enjoy your weekend until then. Enjoy of Giants victory. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.